Vox Bus. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prigo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. to this episode of our relationship with the natural world. I have a conversation with a returning guest of mine, Connie Burns. We had a conversation on racism and did a podcast on that. Connie is a friend and fellow colleague, a therapist in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And she is also very much connected with nature. And she will talk about ways that we are connected and ways that we've lost a sense of connection with really who we are by not having the connections in the natural world the way that we are meant to. So I know for me, boy, when I'm spending more time and true connection in the natural world, uh, there's like a synchronicity that comes with me of even regaining a sense of my myself, uh, my knowing walking in the world in a symbiose way that I bring out more of my empowerment and who I am. And of course, everybody knows how nature is an incredible de-stressor. As a matter of fact, there's some countries, and I think it was Sweden, that the doctors are actually prescribing people take nature vacations for their stress, prescribing it. Their connection to the natural world is just a vital part of our well-being. I mean, just stop for a moment and think about, you know, your relationship with nature. Whether we interact actively or passively, we are part of the natural world. And uh, increasing that awareness and that connection actually strengthens our connection with our personal inner world. And that's so key. I know when I was spending way more time in nature, the years that I lived at Esalen, and the inner work that I was doing, the depth of the inner work was in conjunction with the understanding of how I was relating in the natural world and being outside in the rhythms of the natural world and watching it and observing it and breathing it in. I mean, all of us, me included, I'm going to go out on a limb and like we are way out of balance, especially around the electronic and sterile world that we often create indoors. So we do not always have to be outside as much as we like, but the connection that we have with nature when we're outside can be such an incredible benefit for all aspects of our well-being. So even if you're not able course to be outside as much as you want when it could be so helpful to have indoor displays of reminders of the natural world i love having paintings in my office and in our house of the natural world outside my wife makes a lot of beautiful paintings of various things like the italian coastline or 
the Italian countryside, German countryside, things that are out in a nature view that we have in our house that just looking at it makes me take a beautiful breath. I know I get tremendous ideas uh, when I'm walking outside. Uh, a lot of brainstorming ideas and also just even soothing thoughts and ideas. And when I can't figure something out, uh, I have something challenging going on in my life, taking a walk really helps it. One of the things that my wife and I do, we have a stream, a creek in the back of our house, and we take a walk to an area that we put a couple chairs into the little part of the creek so we're not getting fully wet. We have our feet on rocks and so forth, but we're in the creek and feeling the energy of the water that's coming close by us. And we have wonderful conversations and wonderful insights, and I think a huge part of that is the connection that we're feeling with the natural world at that time. So, everybody, I know you have your own connections to the natural world uh, and your own feelings and thoughts of the experiences of it. So keep doing it when it benefits you. Enjoy this conversation. Right, so here we get to have another conversation, and this is a cool one about our, our relationship to the natural world and how that affects us and the challenges that we might have of being disconnected and what that does also in, in our relationships with other human beings. And when we are connected, what can that do in a wonderful, beneficial way to bring our relationships to a deeper and more authentic way? So I know how close that you are to the natural world in your heart when we have so many conversations. I see this shift and change in you when you talk about being in, in nature and the natural world. And I also know from you on a, on a deep level the emotions that you feel around the degradation of the, of the natural world. So you're pretty connected. So thanks for, for having this conversation. Yeah, there's, there's nothing I feel more deeply about than this. So mm. I'm really glad to do this. I think the first thing I want to name is our disconnection from our bodies, like how there's some way that somewhere in human culture, we decided that the body is sinful and bad and kind of the impulses of the body are less, less holy. It's kind of that whole sacred hierarchy again that we talked about in the other one and how pleasure is a sin. Yes, exactly. Mm. And how pleasure is what connects us to each other, to the natural world, to animals, to ourselves. And so that disconnection, that thing that we've learned to do to pay attention to what we're thinking and not pay attention to what we're feeling has huge costs, huge costs for each of us individually, for us as human beings on the planet together, and has had enormous costs to the planet, which we tend to treat as if it was some commodity that we get to use however we want to and has no value inherently in and of itself. Hmm. Yeah. And I think we're about at the end of that strategy. Yeah. And you see that every day as a therapist, how people are cut off from their bodies. I absolutely do. Yeah. I absolutely see how people are cut off from their own inherent knowing of what's right and good for them, how they're cut off from their desires. They're cut off from the, our natural emotions that 
all have really important functions. Like most of us are cut off more from certain emotions than others, but every one of them is important. Like for women, anger is the emotion that we're generally the most disconnected from. And without anger, you can't set boundaries. You can't say no well. You're not very effective at fighting for what you want. And so yes, being a rageful person who doesn't care about other people's feelings is not a good thing. Being a person who has no access to their own anger is really disempowering and not helpful to anyone. Right. Yeah. How do you see that being detrimental in people's relationships with, when they're not healthily engaged, let's say, with their anger? I think what happens is then we tend to either, when something happens that doesn't feel good, that, that either frightens us or hurts us in some way or is even damaging and abusive to us at the extreme end of that. It's really hard to be able to access the ability to motivate ourselves to even get away, much less to stand up and say, wait a minute, no, don't. that's not right. You can't do that to me and be able to fight back. And what tends to happen if you don't have access to that is you collapse into shame. You feel like somehow this is my fault. I didn't, I didn't fight hard enough, or I didn't do this, or I set this up, or it must be something about me. So you collapse into shame, which of course only makes you more vulnerable to predation. Or you go into this sort of dissociative, just don't be present, don't endure it, don't be in your body, which is very effective protection, but doesn't stop the abuse. And so when you look at the rampant abuse of women, you look at rape culture and you look at child abuse, all of it has to do with disconnection from our bodies. And for the perpetrators of abuse, it absolutely has to do with disconnection from your body. Because mm -hmm. if you were in your body and loving your body and you had done your own work around trauma, you would have no desire or need to do those things. Right. Those are not normal impulses. That's right. You would feel in your body, this is a horrific thing to go ahead yes. and, and perpetrate somebody else's boundary like this. Right. Yeah. Right. I was reading recently that in the native cultures on this continent, rape was unknown. Wow. When they had wars and, you know, the warriors of one tribe overran and took over another tribe, rape was not a part of the consequence of that. Wow. Yeah. We brought that to this continent. So we brought that because of just our disconnection with the, or the sin of our own bodies. Uh, how, how I really see that prepo. And, and this is, I totally recognize this is one tiny facet in a thing that probably has thousands of facets. So I'm naming one piece. And that is that thing of when we came up with monotheism and decided that God looks like a white man, then Women are less sacred. Somehow we're not really in the image of God. You know, we're a man's rib. And so, well, we don't feel things the same way. And people of a different color with different skin color. Well, they aren't really fully human is what we've decided. Less than. Less than. And, and we, so we could do whatever we want with them. Exactly. They're and genocide is then justified. Hmm. Cultural genocide, physical genocide is all justified. It's what was it called in this continent when we took over all the land? It was manifest destiny. <sighs> yeah, that's how it got justified. And that's how it happens. And I think we live in a culture where the few people who have huge 
enormous, more money than they could spend in 25,000 lifetimes and all of this power. And we look at it as if, oh, they've got it good. And the reality is they don't have it any better than anybody else in this culture. That's They're right. also disconnected. Yeah, we know that as therapists. Yes, we do. <laughs> we, we know that, that <laughs> economics doesn't, doesn't no. create a healthy psyche. Right. Yeah, right. And so this whole thing of one of the things that I have wept as many tears about as anything is how tragic it is that this culture conditions us to go after things that we call happiness that actually don't lead to joy, satisfaction, meaningful life, feeling more alive, feeling more connected to ourselves, feeling more connected to other human beings, feeling connected to the natural world. So we buy stuff, we eat lots of stuff. <laughs> that almond joy. Sometimes you feel like, it's, right? You're supposed right. to feel a lot of joy. When, afterwards, right. you feel like shit, right? You know that sugar. <laughs> yep. You feel good for about five minutes. That's right. And how tragic it is that if we could inhabit our bodies, if we were in our bodies, our inner knowing would say, this, I'm not. I'm not happier doing this. This doesn't feel good. I feel kind of numb and dead. But because we've been so trained through so much trauma not to be in our bodies, we don't even notice that the things we're doing to be happier don't make us happier. And we don't notice that things that don't cost any money, <laughs> that don't require the degradation of the natural world or other people, actually bring our bodies into a state of peace, joy, pleasure, connectedness, sort of a sacred sense of omnipresent love. We don't have access to that when we don't have access to our bodies. And that's tragic. So how would you recommend or give offerings to people to access their bodies in that way, in a healthy way? I would have to say, I think that's as varied as human beings are. I think some people find that through meditation. I think it's probably for more people more accessible through movement, through doing things like yoga or exercise where you're actually focused on feeling your body, not accomplishing a goal. Right. Because you can do yoga and injure yourself because you're not in your body doing it. Right. And you could probably play any sport and actually be inhabiting your body and feeling it. And noticing what, how your body is experiencing this movement, this moment, this level of tiredness and paying attention to that, to be in more in your body. I would also say your emotions reside in your body. So if you're paying attention to your emotions, it's going to bring you more into your body. And conversely, if you're paying attention to your body, you're probably going to start noticing your feelings more, which is really uncomfortable for most of us. Exactly. That sure does happen. <laughs> Boy, when we start taking people into their body yeah. and they get yeah. mumbling and jumbling around because it's uncomfortable, yeah. right. what starts to bubble to the surface. That's right. All the unprocessed trauma mm -hmm. begins to come up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we have to have support and be connected to each other yeah. to do that yeah. too. When you're taking walks in nature, do you feel really connected <sighs> to your body? Oh. Yeah. It's the place I feel the most deeply connected to my body. It's so wonderful. You know, like people, and, and most people can feel that, but they don't recognize when they're right. walking through a forest and they're taking these deep breaths and they're feeling this connection and they're looking at the awe of what they're saying. It's such a beautiful way to be connected to our bodies. And most people are, when they're in that state of serene and that 
boy, they're getting along with each other. Why why does a lot of people like to go out and camp or do other right. things and they come back with really good experiences in their relationships? Right. That, I remember in my first marriage to a man who I was not very compatible with. He was a good guy, but we were not a real good match. The thing that I feel like I learned in that marriage was how to fight fair, mm. like how to be in conflict and actually have that create intimacy instead of distance. And we learned over the period of the five years we were together that when we had to have a fight, we would go to the state park. Mm. We would go to the state park and sit in the woods and it always went 15 times better if we did that than if we did it at home and we would just get completely mindless and go into our old patterns and scream stuff at each other at the end of it go, what was that even about? What what were we even fighting about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rainbow and I do that so much too. And we're taking a walk just down here in our forest and our road. We usually do that maybe even after a conflict to be able to repair the conflict. Yeah. Or when we are just wanting to connect in a beautiful way, it goes so much better. Like you said, some of that is the movement, but a lot of it is just the beautiful sacred blanketing that yeah. nature can give, that support that we just feel in there. And I love that analogy that you said too, when we're looking at nature, how that's a little bit metaphor of how we can look at our life and other human beings. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I do. Before I say that, yeah. I also want to say I've been learning about forests and trees are actually communicating with each other and feeding each other through their root systems. And I think we feel that, like we feel the communal nature of forest. We feel the cooperation and the way that there's value in every tree in a forest. And I think our bodies, our bodies naturally connect to that and know that and feel like, oh my God, I'm safe here. Mm. I'm accepted here. Yeah. Yeah. All you all out there that I think this is all funny daddy stuff. <laughs> when you when you heard like somebody say, Go hug a tree. Have you ever hugged a tree? It's incredible. It to, is to, incredible. To feel there is an energy that the tree is giving out. And to hold that and to be mm. part of that, not to be judged by it in any kind yeah. of way. It is so powerful. Yeah. And then there's that piece of when you're in the woods and you're looking around, no tree is the same as any other tree. And there are all these thousands of different species of trees. There are how many different kinds of oak trees and maple trees. And none of them have the perfect shape that is supposed to be what that looks like. And so I think when we're in the woods and we see how every way of being is part of the whole and is valid, is right, is as it should be, there's some way that that again communicates to us, oh, and I am just as I should be, even though I don't look like the models in the magazine, even though I'm, I'm not smart in this way, or I'm not gifted in that way. I am as I'm made to be. And there is rightness and beauty in that. Yeah. I get so teary eyed sometimes when I see a tree like growing out of a rock. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, the resilience of yeah. that tree and the cooperation that mm -hmm. the rock is also giving each other. It makes me want to be able to have resilience more in my life in some ways or it's beautiful to get those teachings from nature of how you know they just maybe a tree ended up growing around something to mm -hmm. the sun and they grew around that pole right in order to keep growing right and look mm -hmm. at the shape of it right. you wouldn't look at that and say that's the way that 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 tree is supposed to grow and yet that's exactly how that tree yeah. needed to grow and grew because that was what was needed yeah 
the other day I was just outside my office and there was these two dogwoods that grew intertwined with one another, a red and a white. So the tree itself was red and white, but when you looked at the trunk, it was because two of them were growing together. Wow. Yeah. And that to me is a wonderful metaphor again. Yes. Of that. Yes. Mm. Yes. So being connected with ourselves, with nature, is uh, such a profound aspect for us to be able to connect to other human beings. Yes, absolutely. And I think, again, with that sense of not needing to be the same, like I don't need you to think exactly the way I think or feel the way I feel or have the same set of skills that I have, like that that value of diversity, really, of mm-hmm. of the infinite number of ways that we can be and at the core we're the same but we're also very different and to be able to be curious and value that is so valuable to our self-love and self-compassion and also our ability to recognize what's beautiful in each other Mm. what's beautiful in each other one of my practices and i got this from a couple of different therapy trainings i've participated in but is to sit with somebody that you don't know And you can also, I have learned, do this with somebody that you know well and that you tend to have judgment about and look for what you love about them. Like what's unique about them that you might not have, but that's beautiful and that you can appreciate in some way and how that opens me up. That makes me feel good. And it makes me able to connect to them and love them. And we can always find that. We yes. can always find that one or two or three things. I totally believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been my experience. Even with people that my initial response is, ooh, I, um, ooh. I, yeah. I met a man once when I was doing a therapy training. He came to register and this was on Long Island and he looked like a mafioso. He was an Italian guy and he was really big and he, you know, he had a New York accent. And I thought, He's not in the right, he's not coming to do emotional release work. And by the end of the weekend, I loved that guy so much. He had the most beautiful heart. Mm. So I just had to put my my bigotry <laughs> at the beginning aside and go, okay, he, he's here for a reason. And by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad he came to this. <laughs> I put another analogy to the movie, analyze this. I don't know if you ever saw it, Bill Chris Robert Nero when... When uh, Billy Crystal told me, he said, all right, we're going to do some uh, anger release work. I want you to hit the pillow. Right. And he looked at him and <laughs> took out his gun and boom, boom. And he goes, hey, doc, I feel a lot better now. You know, thanks. Yeah. So he didn't do that. He did some yeah. other kind of work. Yeah. I find that too when I was a body worker and getting people back in their bodies to mm, that big right. people that had all, the, all this armor and so forth were just little sponges and they were just so in their element afterwards. They were in their body. I know when I get a massage, it's like, hello body, where have you been? And so that's another way that people can really get into their body and to be able to come from that space into their relationships and into the world from a whole different perspective. Oh, that's such a good one. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you said that. Yeah, It made me think of somebody at at, um, retreat saying, you know, it's so funny. We come in here and we don't know each other. But gosh, by the end, I love everybody because when people take their skin off, it's impossible not to love them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about how um, and people can recognize this themselves, but we're going to just name it ways that we're not in our body. And we named it whether it right. was, you know, 
watching TV while we're eating really shitty food or, of course, now with computers and phones and how people are really caught and having conversations that are just so heady and not in the body. Right. Yeah. And the same, like finding yourself, and I've, I've done this, I found myself having a conversation and saying the same thing I've said before the same way as if... I'm not different in this moment than I was the last time I was talking about this. It was a really good story. Yeah. So you want to say yeah, it exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so it's the story. It's not me. Right. It's the story, this disembodied thing that I'm now expressing instead of myself that right. I'm expressing. Yeah. And I would even say when we're compulsively using our bodies, whether it's compulsive sex or it's compulsive exercise, like when we're forcing our bodies to do things, trying to feel something that isn't really where our body would want to be, that that's a way that we stay out of our bodies. That's right. So you people out there, just because you're having sex doesn't mean that you're feeling your body. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole difference to have sex and be in your body and be in your emotions and being present. Isn't that the truth? Right. Wow. And you know, if you've had both of those experiences, like one of those is really pleasurable and nice, and one of those is divine. Right. One of those is connection to... Yeah, what's really, really divine. And people can relate to when they're having sex and they're really not in their body too and they're in their head, performance and so forth, how anxiety increases. Yes. So that's a big deal that people take in the world too when they're not in the body. When they're not in the body, anxiety really increases when they're interacting with other beings and and encounter different situations. Absolutely, yeah. that's That's why, you know... The old adage is take some deep breaths, take deep breaths so you can be in your body, so you can be present to respond to a situation. Right. Okay. And to take your time to notice. How do you want to? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> nice. Yeah. That take that good. Good. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Feel good about that? I feel good about that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for this opportunity to talk about these things. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to more. So okay. we'll, we'll figure out more topics. Okay. Yeah, I love you, Connie. I love you too, Repo. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today, faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S dot com. Oxbus. Oxbus.